This is The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Good morning, it's John Moore. This is The Breakfast Wrap for Wednesday, November 16th. We've got some winter weather out there. You're waking up to snow anywhere between 5 and 10 centimeters. Going to have a few more periods of snow today, maybe a little bit more accumulation. The temperature will hold at plus 2 degrees. Here are the five things you need to know. Number one, a slow start to the day with some thick, wet snow on the ground. Number two, one person dead, three injured in a shooting in Parkdale. Number three, Ontario is short 220,000 daycare spots. Number four, gas prices down by seven cents a litre today. And number five, don't panic. Emergency alerts are going to go off at 12.55 today. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Slip sliding away, slip sliding away. You know, the nearer your destination, the more you slip sliding away. I know a man. Five oh eight. He came from my five oh eight on a Wednesday morning and. Okay, we're not pressing the panic button because I know, like, start the clock on the first text I get saying, it's winter, we expect snow, this is Canada. Yes, but if you are not outside of your house or your home yet and you use a car, you will have to clear snow from your car. When you hit the streets, in my experience, and it's been more than an hour since I drove in, so maybe the situation has changed some. That's why we'll talk with Lisa Morales a few times on the show this morning. But there had been zero snow clearance that I came across. And it is not a disastrous situation out there. However, it's that first snowfall of the year where the snow is crunching underfoot if you're walking and actually was rather crunchy under the tires. And I got, you know, I got my snow tires put on just a week ago. And at the time I thought, sort of like when I buy American currency, you know, it, it all, the Canadian dollar always goes up after I buy American currency. When I put the snow tires on or take them off, we usually get some counterintuitive, unfortunate situation. So I actually thought when I had the snow tires put on last week at Active Green and Ross, that we wouldn't have any snow until Christmas, or we might not have any snow at all. But here we are. We do have our first snowy day. I don't anticipate major cancellations. I do think things are going to be on the slow side, though, because people are going to have to acclimatize themselves to driving with about five, depends on where you are, but there's like five to 10 centimeters of snow on the ground out there. It was not insignificant. I was very, very happy that I had pulled the snow brush out of the basement last night and put it by the front door because I definitely had to do some clearing. And I drove around with, you know, snow on top of the car. It was, uh, a, I'm getting a disagreeable look from Nick Marano. Is that they? Okay, so yesterday afternoon it started to snow. I had to uh, cross town for a dentist appointment. And it was coming down thick. And three cars did not clear the back windshield, the, the back okay. window. Well, that's Why? a problem. No, you gotta you gotta have visibility, but you know it's it's a bit it's dependent on how much snow there is and what kind of snow it is as to whether you really need to sweat the snow on the top of the car. I mean, this is wet, heavy snow. It was not going to detach from the roof of my car and fly into somebody's face while I was driving at thirty five kilometers an hour to uh, the office this morning. And now it's all going to melt off because it's in an underground garage. 
Yeah, not bad for 13 bucks, huh? Yeah. And how was your commute? Well, the same thing. So uh, the roads were, um, were spotty at best. Yeah. Um, the side streets, again, depending, uh, some were plowed, some weren't. It was heavy snow. I woke up a little earlier than usual just to uh, shovel the driveway. Yes, it is a heavier snow, so please be careful if you have a bad back. Yeah, it is. It's thick and heavy because it's minus two degrees, which means it's just sort of that wet, heavy snow that I mean, there's, there's not much more to be said about it. So we're not pressing the panic button. However, it is one of the major things you need to prepare yourself for today. Again, I just sort of, I know that I'm going to hear from all sorts of people saying, why is it such a big deal? Why? Well, because it's probably an extra 10 minutes before you can drive your car. Because it's going to be slow, slushy on the roadways. And if you did not recently top up your uh, windshield wiper fluid, you'll probably regret it because it's just going to be on the, I, I can just imagine on the 400 series highways that it's, everything's going to be kicking up and ending up on the windshield and it's going to be dirty and slow and messy. And anyway, we will talk with Lisa Morales moments from now as we do the um, traffic report at 515. In other news this morning, we have a, a shooting about which we have very little intelligence, but we have uh, two suspects being sought. One person's in custody, so perhaps that makes the seeking of the other suspects easier. But this happened on Dunn Avenue in Parkdale, and it would appear that four people were injured. We don't know if all four people were hit with gunfire, um, but one person died. A uh, second victim, an adult male, was found inside a unit on the third floor. Um, somebody was found in the lobby, injured, taken to the hospital. A woman fled the building and ended up climbing on board a TTC bus on Queen Street in order to get away from the chaos. And then another guy actually took himself to the hospital. And his injuries are not considered life-threatening. The one person who was found inside a unit um, is dead and was dead on the scene. But, you know, this is one of those situations where there's really very, very little indication about what was going on, what the conflict was, if it's gang related. Um, but, yeah, four people injured there. And then we get to the uproar, I guess we could call it, about the fact that uh, Doug Ford appeared in the house yesterday without wearing a mask. And I'll let you weigh in on this. You can always text us at 7-10-10. But... I, it would be nice, I guess, on, you know, in a week where the medical officer of health is strongly recommending that people wear masks. It would be nice that the premier wore a mask in the house. But I also think there's a bit of a fetish about masks and pretty well every other form of behavior as concerns COVID, that it suddenly becomes a test. And so for some people, wearing a mask is a sign that you have yielded to George Soros and the World Economic Forum and uh, Bill Gates and that you are some kind of a sucker. And then in other quarters, um, wearing a mask is just seen as uh, very, very performative. But then you get into the, the people who just absolutely lose their minds. You know, why are you not wearing a mask? You must wear a mask. Um, anyway, I guess I'm just not that much of a hard ass. And since the recommendation, because it's not a mandate, since the recommendation came back that people should be wearing a mask, 
Uh, for example, here, we used to put on a mask. If I got up from this microphone and walked down the corridor, even though I was going to meet nobody, I would put on a mask because that was Bell's policy. It may come back. Um, we haven't had any guidance from the corporation just yet. Um, but at the moment, I, I guess I am underperforming as a uh, mask adherent. I certainly believe in a lot of these health measures. And especially after talking with a mom of a little kid yesterday, a three-year-old boy, Tyler, who ended up in the hospital on oxygen because he had the respiratory virus. I'm mindful of whatever we can do to minimize the spread of these three flus, these three viruses. But at the same time, I'm not going to crap all over the premier because he appeared in the house yesterday without a mask. You're listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. 5.22, a bit of chaos behind the scenes, I guess, because uh, we've had some technical issues this morning, so we can't hook up with our friends over at CP24. All the sorrier that you can't see the lovely uh, purple sweater that I'm wearing this morning on television, but that's fine. Maybe we'll tweet a picture out of it later. Uh, the one, I was going to say the one big deal this morning, it's not necessarily a big deal, but it is something that's going to impact your day, is we've had about four centimeters of snow. And you know how it works, right? That first snowfall involves one, trying to remember where the shovel is, trying to remember where the car brush is, and perhaps most importantly, try to remember what happens when you sink the brakes and the car actually doesn't stop the way you expected it to stop. So hopefully we're all braced and ready for that. And Lisa Morales will join us shortly again to uh, give us an update. I have a feeling things are going to be a little bit on the snow side uh, or the slow side, I should say. Cute play on words, I guess. Um, but listen, it's minus two degrees, the time five 23. I'm looking at some live video right now because our friends at CP24 have uh, cars out on the streets this morning. And already, because of the temperature, a lot of the snow coverage on the streets, at the very least, is starting to melt off. So, yeah, I think we have to temper the message here. It's going to be a complicating factor for you. If you don't know where the snow brush is, then it's going to be one of those days where you pull your sleeve down into your hand and start clearing the snow off the windshield uh, with your arm. And I don't know necessarily that the city even needs to scramble much uh, in terms of either salt or sand or snow clearance. But it's going to be a few hours before all of the roads are bare again. So uh, speaking of being out and about, the price of gas came down again last night. Price of gas came down by seven cents. It's expected to go down by another seven cents tonight. So there is some welcome news. And just shuffling through the pack here to see what other news we want to talk about this morning. I mean, certainly one thing would be Jerry Agar was saying yesterday, as he was setting up for his show, like, how long do you think Brenda Lucky is going to continue as the head of the RCMP? And I'd say the answer would hinge largely on the fact that we have been cycling through leaders of the RCMP over the last 10, 15 years at a rather accelerated rate. So I actually wonder who's in the hopper, uh, who would be waiting to take over from Brenda Lucky. But I just don't think she has turned out to be an, an especially effective commissioner for the RCMP. 
We have the ongoing controversy over whether or not she tried to shake down RCMP members in New Brunswick following that uh, shooting spree. And, you know, I know a lot of people have wanted that to backfire on the prime minister and the prime minister's office and Bill Blair, former chief of police here in Toronto. But she may have just been freelancing when she told them, well, we really need to know what the guns were in order to bolster the federal liberals' efforts at launching a new gun control bill. She may have been freelancing because to date there is no proof that she was ordered to do that by either Bill Blair or anybody associated with the prime minister. But then we get to her testimony yesterday, and I suppose for those who oppose the Emergencies Act that this was helpful because she said that she had advised cabinet that she didn't think they needed any special powers, that she still didn't think that they had exhausted the powers that existed already without the Emergencies Act uh, before it was invoked on the 14th of February. But again, yesterday, one of the things that came to light was this rivalry and uh, rancorous relationship between various police forces and Brenda Lucky expressed doubts that the RCMP had about the Ottawa police force and its ability to actually figure out a way to get on top of the convoy protests. Subscribe today and always hear the latest episode of The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. 5.36 is the time. It's minus two degrees and we've had some snowfall. It was in the forecast. It has happened. It's wet. It's thick. It's going to be heavy to shovel. And it's something you got to brush off the car before you can hit the road today. And speaking of the roads, Lisa Morales has her eyes on them. And Lisa, I was looking at some video just moments ago, which you were probably narrating over on CP24. And it looks like a lot of the snow on the roadways is melting, which is a vast improvement over what you and I drove in over. Yeah, it is, John. But, you know, it's funny because in, in some areas it appears that it's melting, but it's not necessarily not slippery still because of the temperature that we're at. Right. And we do have a lot of the plows and the salters out trying to improve the conditions. A lot of the shoulders are still partially to fully snow covered. And it makes things really tricky, especially when people are trying to switch lanes. And even if it's melted, you get that sludgy, slushy stuff, yep. which when it kicks under the tires, that's really when you see a lot of these spin outs happen. Right. People are driving too quickly for the conditions. And it just makes for a very dangerous, dangerous commute overall. Yeah, I found it uh, crunchy and thick under the tires. I wasn't sliding or fishtailing, but still, it was like, oh, okay, I got to remember what it's like to drive in winter. Yeah, no kidding. It was funny. We, we were just talking about this on the air as well. And uh, you would think that, you know, us living in Canada for as long as many people have and being exposed to these conditions year in, year out, you would remember. But it, we do. We tend to really just quickly forget how slippery it gets, how quickly things can deteriorate. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to be saying it a lot of my reports this morning. I don't like to preach necessarily, but you need to give yourself that drive time. You need to dust off your car before you head out this morning because we don't want to see the people with like the little peephole in the rear view mirror. <laughs> you know, the snow on the top of the cars, even the tractor trailers. We talk about ice coming off of them in these conditions. It can be really, really dangerous and things can change very quickly for all the wrong reasons. All right. I'll let you get back to the cameras. We'll listen for you at 545. Thank you. Thank you. Lisa Morales at the traffic desk and we have traffic updated every 15 minutes. I think it's not going to be 
some kind of living nightmare today, but it's going to be slower than you may have anticipated. And Lisa will be able to map that out. As soon as the sun comes up, as soon as the temperature rises, all of this stuff is going to be gone. But for the moment, you are going to have to clear some snow. I'm going to cross my fingers and think, okay, I didn't shovel when I got up this morning because, you know, by noon, I'm pretty sure the front steps will be fine and that the driveway will be clear. But I guess we'll find out as the day continues. Um, worth noting very quickly, don't plan to spend a lot of time on this because I honestly believe he is yesterday's man. And so this is little more than a pathetic spectacle. But last night, Donald Trump did announce that he's running for president. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. Thank you, kids. Thank you. And here's the thing. Donald Trump in 2016 lost the popular vote. By the vagaries of the American political system, that still allowed him to be elected the president. But then he lost the House, he lost the Senate, he lost the presidential election. He then participated in all kinds of craziness like January 6th. So there is no way that Donald Trump is more popular today than he was in 2020, in which case he is unelectable. And I like National Review, which is kind of the conservative magazine or publication of record. I mean, it's where smart conservatives come to talk. And they have an editorial this morning about Donald Trump announcing he's running for the presidency. And the headline is, no. That's all. So like I said, we're not going to spend a lot of time, not our country. And frankly, I don't think Donald Trump has any hope. I don't think I just I don't think that he had any other avenue because it's uh, to come back to something we were referencing on the show last week. Warren Beatty in the famous Madonna documentary once offering, if we turn that camera off, do you exist? And that's Donald Trump's problem. And imagine having spent your life you know, uh, lusting after some sort of uh, historical immortality, becoming president of the United States, and then spending the twilight of your life as the person who presided over four disastrous years and will go down on the record as one of the worst American presidents, and living long enough that maybe one day he'll acknowledge that, although I certainly have my doubts. So, uh, Brenda Lucky, as we were discussing in the first half hour, she is the commissioner of the RCMP. She was testifying yesterday. And I think there's two takeaways from Brenda Lucky's testimony yesterday. One, that she had advised the government that she didn't feel that they had exhausted all of the tools that were available to police forces, and in particular the RCMP, that she didn't think that they necessarily needed the executive, the um, Emergencies Act yet, and yet the government went ahead and invoked it anyway. And then there was once again confirmation that various police forces, I think we've heard this from the OPP and now we've heard it from the RCMP, but they just thought that the Ottawa police force was a sad sack bunch of do-nothings and that they had poor leadership. So. Um, they lost confidence in the Ottawa police force's ability. So, you know what, that's kind of two prongs, right? Uh, one is, you know, if you don't like the Emergencies Act, the head of the RCMP said she didn't think she needed it. But two, the one police force that was on the front lines that should have been prepared to break up the convoy protest uh, 
had nobody had any confidence in their ability to do so. Um, Nick, you want to throw in number 37 here. Uh, this is Brenda Lucky yesterday testifying before the uh, commission or the judge. It's uh, Glenn McGregor from CTV. This is Glenn, Glenn McGregor. Oh, all right. So listen, this is Glenn McGregor who spoke on News Talk today, yesterday, about Lucky's testimony. And I mean, to, you know, to take the, the federal government's position, this actually bolsters their case. We had the responding police force of jurisdiction in Ottawa, the Ottawa police force, was in largely in a state of chaos. Uh, yes, there was a great number of people in the city lost confidence in the police and also in the police chief, who uh, ultimately resigned uh, near the end of the convoy. Uh, and so the federal government says, okay, well, this is, the police can't do their jobs, so this is why we're going to invoke the act. Was that the right decision? Uh, you know, people have different uh, views on that, uh, but certainly they... The people in the federal government, it sounds very much like they did not have any faith that Peter slowly could get this under control on his own. And I think one of the problems in this inquiry would be that a lot of people have agendas. And so they, they watch every moment of testimony and either it bolsters the case that the Emergencies Act was necessary or it undermines the case that the Emergencies Act was necessary. And I think we're going to have to wait till the end of testimony. And then we're going to have to wait for the judge's verdict. I suspect, but I can't say for sure, but I would imagine that this judge may end up with a somewhat nuanced report in which he will say there was ample evidence that the government felt it needed to invoke the Emergencies Act. However, it was ill-advised and it should only be invoked under much more severe circumstances. But we'll see when we get there. Like I said, a lot of people are just, it's, it's like, honestly, uh, it's kind of like this business in the United States where if your candidate is winning as the vote is counted, people keep saying, okay, stop, the, stop counting the votes, stop counting the votes. Um, it, and so when it comes to this inquiry, people are kind of like, okay, that's the testimony I wanted. Let's, let's be done with it. My position has been reinforced. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Yeah, worth coming back to number five on the five things you need to know. They are going to be testing out emergency alerts. I guess this is the, this is the AMBER system. Uh, but they're going to run a test today. Do not be surprised when your phone goes off at 12.55. And if you're going to be in a spot where you don't want uh, some sort of an alarm going off, then I guess you'll have to figure out a way to disable your phone. I was at an event last week. Uh, it was a dinner fundraiser for Human Rights Watch. And that was when we had an Amber Alert. Remember, there was a two-year-old girl who was thought to have been abducted by her father. And it's quite something to be sitting there and have every phone in the room go off. And somebody could be speaking about anything. It wouldn't matter how important it was. Everybody all of a sudden is reaching for their phones and trying to check it out, then digesting the message. I actually left my phone in my coat, in the coat check, so I had to borrow somebody else's because that, you know, if this is a news event, I need to know. Um, so, yeah. And I'm trying to remember, there was a TV show. See, what I love is when I describe something like this, all of a sudden people remember what it was. But it was about a whole bunch of people sitting in a diner and these two people had kidnapped a child, if I'm remembering the plot. 
And then all of a sudden, these phones start going off, and people start looking at the phone, and then they start looking at the couple, and then they start looking at the kid. And you realize that under the right circumstances, these Amber Alerts and these emergency bulletins actually are going to work and probably have worked on numerous occasions. If anybody remembers what show that was, do let me know. It might have been a movie. Or a commercial. No, it wasn't a commercial. I, I don't think a lot of people make feel-good commercials about children being abducted and held in diners. Well, the, there was a commercial here for, like, Amber Alerts, uh, because I remember it was creepy, about a minute-long commercial. Yeah. And it's a woman with a child, and everyone's, like, staring at the two of them. And the commercial's made in such a way that you think they're all creepy people because here's a man, you know, standing and looking at the kid. Here's another man in a white panel van kind of thing. And then you realize that she, the, the woman, guys. abducted the child. Yeah. Okay. But I don't think it was Canadian that, commercial. I, I wish I could remember what television show it was. And I know that this is the wonderful, wonderful thing about how wide our listenership is. Somebody's going to text in. Although I was recalling in the abstract a scene from a movie the other day. And I said, I don't remember what movie it was. And I must have received 20 titles. People were saying, you know, it was, it, uh, you know, and, and it, the, the scene I was recalling, or actually it was a whole plot point in the movie. It was about a guy who decides he's going to try and import vegetables from California to a colder place. And he puts them on ice and then the train gets stalled and all the vegetable produce is ruined. And like I said, I still don't know which movie it was because I must have received at least 10 different titles from people. Okay, so let's get back into what's happening in the news today. And I don't want to assume anything, mostly because I could get sued if I do. But yesterday we were talking to Kevin Donovan, I think for the second time about this particular story. It's a 75-year-old woman. And yeah, I guess if you wanted to be all hard-ass about it, you could say, hey, she got into this. But she kind of got, allegedly, taken by Harold the jewelry buyer and a contractor named Tony the Contractor. Everybody's got a handle here. Uh, his actual name is Tony Sinopoli. And 75-year-old woman, remember. And what happened was that it was being arranged for her that she would have all kinds of renovations on her home. And Harold, the jewelry buyer, would loan her money, but at these incredibly inflated rates. And ultimately, the work that was done in the home was allegedly awful. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's uh, things that don't even make any sense, like a wheelchair ramp you can't get a wheelchair on. And she ended up horribly in debt. And ultimately, Harold put a lien on her house, moved in, and took it. And now he sold it. And that money, where we are right now, is in an escrow account. And she and her lawyers have applied to have it frozen because she would like to have it back. So we talked to Kevin Donovan about this story yesterday. And then yesterday, Tony Sinopoli, Tony the contractor, got arrested. He has been charged with fraud along with his son and another man in connection with this and 14 other homeowners. Sinopoli turned himself into Toronto police on Monday, as a matter of fact. And that was in the company of his son, Francesco, and one of his workers, Wayne McNeil. Total construction fraud alleged by police to be $1.4 million, 15 separate projects dating back 12 years. And I don't know if Harold the jewelry buyer ends up being sucked into this. And I'm always very cautious because I would imagine 
somebody who behaves like Harold does is probably on the litigious side. So uh, I'd like to avoid lawsuits. I'll just say none of these allegations have been proven in court. That's The Breakfast Wrap. Thanks for listening. My name is John Moore. I hope we'll talk again soon. You've been listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Don't forget to subscribe and get the latest episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And listen weekday mornings from 5 to 9 on News Talk 1010.